Let's all now turn to the book of James. Chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. No, James chapter 1, verse 5. might have been the wrong thing put the bulletin but that's the one that's the one uh, that i have for you today is james chapter one verse five in james chapter one verse five you can please stand to honor the reading of his word it's very short very sweet very true and it says this if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without criticism. And it will be given to him. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. And I'm going to read it again as you're sitting now. If any of you lacks wisdom, and listen to this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without criticism, and it will be given to him. Wisdom. As a young man, I'd hear that word wisdom. I didn't always know what it meant. I always wondered what it was. Besides a type of tooth, <laughs> I didn't quite know what wisdom always was. Is it something you get from school? That's what sometimes people think it is. Wisdom is something you get from school. Not always. Not really. It's not something you get from a diploma. Wisdom isn't. Wisdom is something you cannot get from a diploma. Okay, so some wisdom comes from school, but not what you learn in school. That's not wisdom. That's something else. We'll talk about that in a moment. Many think it's something you get from school. That's not wisdom. It's something else completely. In fact, today's sermon is called the gift of wisdom. It's gift of wisdom. There's different types of wisdom. We're going to learn about all of it. The gift of wisdom is something completely different than what you learn in school. It is. So the wise, back there we're talking about wisdom now. The wise wisdom is something that is, comes from experience. Good judgment. Quality of true understanding. That's wisdom. Or to be wise. People who are wise. Experience, good judgment, quality of true understanding. And then the other kind is knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. In fact, I used to always hear there's a difference between those who have street smarts and book smarts. You ever heard that? Boy, I used to hear that difference between street smarts and book smarts. I used to hear that all the time. We'll talk about that here in a moment, too. So the wise, those who have wisdom, those who have experience, good judgment, Quality of true understanding. That's the people who are wise, who have wisdom. And then there are those who have knowledge. Those who are intelligent, are educated. And I know a lot of people who have knowledge. And then there are some who have both, knowledge and wisdom. Boy, you can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. However, there are many people in the world who have knowledge and think they're very wise, and they are not. We'll look at that in a moment. There are some who think they're very wise when they're not. Because they don't have much at all of either. And we're going to get to that too. Well, let's take a look 
of what the Bible says about wisdom and knowledge and all these things. Let's take a look at this. Staying in the book of James, but now we're going to be in James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Because it says in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show his works by his good life in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Oh, I'm going to stop there for a second. You hear what it's saying? It's talking about wisdom that comes from God above. And it's talking about the other understanding that doesn't come from God, but from the earth. It's separating the two. See, going on from there. But the wisdom that is from above is, okay, I'm, I'm moving on there to verse 17 uh, of James 3, 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. We got to remember that. Some Christians forget to do that. See, be gentle. Gentle, open to reason, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. How about the good fruits of the Holy Spirit? No. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Oh, we got to remember that too. Because there's times that, that sometimes a Christian, I'm not talking about you necessarily, but sometimes we as Christians, sometimes we'll, we try to live on both, both ends of the flesh and the spirit. And that's not to be. We have to let the Lord Jesus Christ be seen through us. This is what it says in verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I've known many who say, I'm a peaceful person, but boy, they're dramatic. They're dramatic. And, and, and it's hard to be peaceful when you're causing and stirring up drama all the time. We're to be peaceful and to be Christ-like. We, we, we can't be earthly-like, and I'm talking worldly-like, and, and living worldly-like, and speaking worldly-like, and doing worldly-like things, and being like those who, who feel themselves to be so knowledgeable and talking in a worldly sense, and yet also trying to be one who has great wisdom of the Lord. You can't be like that. You can't be on both sides of the fence. Now, let's move on, move on from this. There are many who believe themselves to be wise, but have no diplomacy whatsoever and no diplomacy whatsoever if you are wise and by that i'm talking about having the wisdom of god you'll have the diplomacy through the holy spirit you'll have diplomacy and they'll show wisdom and then there are many and, and not just diplomacy there are many who have wisdom i'm talking about the wisdom of the lord they'll have wisdom but they have no diploma they have no diploma okay There's nothing wrong with not having a diploma if, if if you did not have the the means to go to a, a, a college, incidentally, if you didn't have the money to go to a college, all right, if you didn't have the, the ability to go to college, but you have wisdom because God allowed you to have that wisdom. We're going back to street smarts now. And even more than that, we're talking about Holy Spirit smarts. But you had the ability to, to have those street smarts, the, the Holy Spirit smarts. But if you didn't get to go get your diploma, that's okay. 
because God gave you more than what you can get in a college. But then there are some who have a diploma, but they have no street smarts and no Holy Spirit smarts. But they think they're smarter than everybody else in the whole wide world. I've met my share. They said, oh, I got a diploma. And you know what? I'm proud of them for that. I really am very proud of people for getting to go to college. I'm proud of them for sitting there and reading things in a book. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you learn things in a book, if what you've read in the book is wrong or going against God's word, God's book, God's truth. Amen. It's okay to say amen. I will not get mad and kick you out the church. I promise. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And here's the thing. Many people say this is just a book. If this is not just a book. It's the living word of God. Amen. Amen. This is the living word. This is the living word where the Holy Spirit speaks to us through this. Through this is the living word of God. So many people think that they are wise, and yet they can't understand what the word is saying. But, folks, I understand that because when I was a little bitty boy, and I mean a little bitty boy, I received the Bible on Easter. In fact, it was 1980. I was three years old. You might say, oh, shut up, Pastor. You're making me feel old. But here's the thing. I was three years old. In 1980, on Easter, when I received my Bible, it was the King James from my wonderful grandma and grandpa. But the thing is, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't even read. But the thing is, when I could read, and I'd read that King James, I couldn't understand it very well. It had nothing to do with the version. It had nothing to do with the version of the Bible. What it had to do with is I didn't understand the words. Even with these other versions that I've read, I didn't understand them until, until I sat down, be quiet, and listened to the Holy Spirit reading it back. That's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. The great difference between wisdom and knowledge. And let's now look into the gift of wisdom. There are some wise men we're going to talk about. This time of year, we talk about wise men quite often. But sometimes people don't really understand what we're talking about when we talk about these wise men. Now, when we talk about wise men, there is a word that is used so very often. And it's a Greek word. And this word is called magi. Magi, which is the Greek word for astrologers. That's what it is. They're astrologers. They're from the east and they follow the star. And they went on as they followed the star, and the star led them to Jesus. It led them all the way to Jesus. Now, they were coming from the time of the, from the area of, of the Persia, Persia area. And we'll talk more about them here in a moment. But the fact is, is uh the tradition likes to tell us that there were three kings. And by kings, we don't literally mean kings. We mean wealthy men, wise men, wealthy men, and because they were following the star. But the truth be told, they weren't literal kings. And we don't even know how many there were. We don't know that there were three. We say three because there are three gifts that they brought. And tradition, I said, tell, uh, some places tell us that they had names. Well, we don't know that there are three. So how do we know their names? We don't know their names. But let me go ahead and tell you the names. The names that they, they've given us, they say the woman's from Arabia, and they say that his name was Belthazar. Well, we don't know this, but again, this is what the tradition tells us. From Arabia, they say Belthazar. From Persia, they say Melchior. And from India, they say Gaspar. Gaspar. So, we again, this is just tradition. But the Bible doesn't say how many or their names. This is just a tradition, they say. But we do know that wise men came, and it's okay if you want to say three. You can say 300 for all I care. But we know that these three men came, or these wise men came, and as they did come, they came and visited King Herod. And as they came and visited King Herod, King Herod didn't know about the, the king being born. In fact, he only knew because he had educated men. He had educated men, these men of knowledge. These men of knowledge, these men who knew the law, yes, they had knowledge, and they knew the law. They knew prophecy. 
because they knew of God's word. They knew God's word in the sense that they knew of it. They were educated of it. In other words, they had the knowledge, but they weren't wise. So we have wise men who came and visited them. They knew of God's word and they knew God's word because they believed God's word. Folks, you wouldn't come all the way from the land of Persia, come and visiting all the way over if you didn't believe. They visited and came all the way from believing and knowing that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was going to be there. But they didn't know exactly where to find him because they didn't know all of what it was saying. They didn't know all of where it was saying. So they came and they, they came to King Herod and they figured that they'd all be prepared and ready and believing. So this is what happened. King Herod came to his educated, knowledgeable men. And yes, they knew of God's word. And king, the king's men were known as scribes, as the chief's priests, in other words, Pharisees. Now, here's the thing about these Pharisees, these chief's priests. They knew about it. They had the knowledge of it. But does this make them wise men? No. They had knowledge. They had that bookly wisdom, if you will. But we happen to know these Pharisees, and yes, even some of the same Pharisees would later on meet Jesus, would not accept Jesus as the Messiah, would not accept him as Christ. So were they truly men of wisdom? No. They would see him. They would see him heal people. They would come and hear him speak, and yet they would not receive him as the Messiah. Now, we know a couple of them did, didn't they? A couple of them would. A couple of them did. In fact, one of them would come and speak to him. And he would say that unto him, he would say, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Isn't that right? Yeah. So therefore, yes, a couple of them would come to know Christ, but some would not because they were not the wise men that they thought they were. There's a lot of people in this world who have knowledge, but they are not wise at all. In fact, I dare say they're they're as dumb as a box of rocks but because they do not have any wisdom whatsoever. Folks, I dare say to you right now, there are many of you right now who may think yourself to be ignorant, but I dare say that you are wise because you have the Son of God, the Messiah, living in your soul, living in your heart right now, because when Christ came knocking at your door, you said, come on in, come on in. I believe, I believe. You may have said, I didn't go to any big college, but I don't need to have the proof because I have faith and I believe in you. While others believe themselves to be so smart, they will not accept it because they have to have the proof. But you knew the proof was in the faith and the grace of him, not in looking at the great big books and pages because you believed through his word. And folks, you are much wiser than those who will not believe because the day is going to come when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess those who went to college and those who did not. Those who are wise and those who are foolish. And it's a fool who says there is no God. So you can honestly say to those who have not asked Jesus Christ in their heart, you can, and I'm not telling you to honestly say this, but you could honestly say in your own mind, I am wise and they are the fool. Because a fool who says there is no God. But I'm moving on. Let's now turn. Well, well, let me just tell you this. From what book, from what book did these Pharisees find the prophecy. Well, it's found in the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. I'm not going to read that to you, but it says in Micah 5, 2, that you would find him in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. And now you know. 
and knowing set the battle, you now know that it is there. Now let's turn to the book of Matthew. Because it is in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke that you will find the stories, the truths, the history of Jesus' birth. And I'll talk more about this next week. But in the book of Matthew, you'll find the viewpoint of Joseph. And the viewpoint in Luke, you'll find Mary, her story. So let's now look to Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 all the way to 12. And it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where Christ would be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is where the prophet wrote, And you, Bethlehem, the land of Judea, are no longer least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor who will shepherd my people of people Israel. Then Herod, and this is the part to remember now, he didn't do this in front of his people. Oh, he did it separately. Listen now. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, carefully inquired of them what time, what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search digitally for the young child. Now, now, do you hear this? He didn't say to them, go and search for the king. Oh, no, he wasn't about to do that. Oh, no, not at all. And why? Because he wasn't about to give over the kingship to Christ. He wanted to keep a hold of that kingship for himself. He was the king in his own eyes. He thought of himself as the king. He was a selfish heathen. That was Herod for you. He had no wisdom whatsoever. Herod was not officially the king, by the way. I say he wasn't officially king in the sense that, yes, he was the king because the people over there in Rome allowed him to become king. And I'm talking about Mark Anthony. He allowed him to become king. But here's the thing. I mean, here in, in, in uh, Jerusalem, here in Israel, they he was not officially to be king. He wasn't through the bloodline allowed to be king. They allowed him to have it. He, he was only half a Jew in this, in, the, in reality. But so he was allowed to become king, but he wasn't officially supposed to be king. It wasn't through the bloodline. They allowed him to, to be king, but he really wasn't supposed to be king. So he wanted to keep a hold of that. So much so that King Herod killed many of his own sons and killed even his favorite wife. Now, now isn't that a way to say I love you? Nothing says I love you like a Hallmark card and killing your favorite wife. I mean, oh, you're not going to see that many love note. But apparently to Herod, that's what it was all about. He he killed people if he thought that he was going to lose his crown. I mean, you've seen the crown on the, the, the Hallmark cards. Well, apparently he was so afraid of losing his crown that he would just kill anyone he thought was going to take it. So he decided that he was going to try to get rid of, of, of Jesus, too. That's why he wanted to know where he's at. And we know what happens. He decided he's going to kill all the children two and under. We know all about that because he wanted he just wanted to be done with it. We don't know if Jesus was two. But we know that he was about that. He decided, well, let's just get rid of all the boys to and under. But before we get to there, uh, when Herod, he took them over there and he said, uh, go and search 
diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again so that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, this verse nine, when they heard the king, they departed. And the star. Which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great excitement. And I love that. You think how excited they were. You think how long they had to be gone. How much they loved seeing this king. He was the king. Not he was the, not just a young man, but the king of kings. He was God who came to the world. You know, I have a little doll sitting up here to represent Jesus. But, you know, we see so often plays with little babies or dolls or whatever. We see little nativity scenes. And there is something about looking at the little baby Jesus. And we know it's just a toy or whatever, or our baby. But there is something special about whenever mommy and daddy gets to let their baby play Jesus. And there's something special about that. Or even if it's just a toy or the model or whatever. And you look at that because you know what it represents. It's like when you look at the cross. It's, it's just not Jesus. We know that. But we know that what it represents. To think about these kings looking at this little boy and seeing that this was and is the Messiah, Christ himself, the Lord God. You know, have you ever met someone and you know there's something special about them? And maybe, maybe it's because Christ has touched them. Maybe, maybe it's because they're quote unquote famous if you maybe met a famous person. But think about this. What if you met God himself looking at you? You're maybe wondering to yourself, does he know everything about me? Does he know everything about me? That would be amazing to see God standing in front of you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And these kings, these wise men, saw that God was before them, much wiser than them. He stood before them, this little child, powerful, almighty. And there he was. There he was. They came into the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell and worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we know what those represent. But being, but being warned in a dream, now listen to this, God warns them in a dream, an angel warns them in a dream. They should not return to Herod. They returned to their own country by another route. Now, God loved them, and he knew that they were innocent in a sense that they wanted, they were, they, 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 God told them that the king was lying to you. They went another route. They didn't want to hurt that child. They had an open heart. They were wise men, men of wisdom. They were being lied to by these men of knowledge and by this king who had other knowledge. He knew something that, that they didn't, and that was his plan. His plan was to kill them. Folks, we know that the wise men brought gifts. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we know what they represent. We'll talk about that in a week or two. But we have a gift too. We have a gift today. A gift that we speak of today. And it's a gift from God. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And through that Holy Spirit, we have wisdom. Wisdom of the Lord God. You may think to yourself, I don't have wisdom of God. Well, I, I don't mean to be cruel to you now. But if you don't have wisdom of God, that's on you. Because you do have the Holy Spirit within you. 
And that Holy Spirit speaks to you each and every day. And that Holy Spirit speaks to you and wants you to learn from his word. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you and, and you will grow from it and you will be able to detect. And by you, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit through you will be able to detect. And yes, even through me, that your pastor can help you. There's books. There's many of things that can help you to detect what the, the Bible is saying. Call me anytime. I will help you the best I can. But the Holy Spirit will help you detect what is being said. And it's a beautiful thing to know that the Holy Spirit is with you. And you know what's really beautiful? Many a times when you speak to your teacher, when you speak to your preacher, when you speak to people, you will say, ah, I kind of knew that. You know why you knew that? Because the Holy Spirit, it, it, it goes with the, with the Holy Spirit that's in your pastor. And you say, now I understand. And there's other times you say, I thought that's what it was saying. There's other times I just couldn't figure that out. But you know what? Many a times you're going to say, aha, there'll be like that little light that, that shines. And you know that's what it is. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. That will help you to understand. Here's the thing. There are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual knowledge and understanding through the Holy Spirit. In fact, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to read it, but I'm going to tell you what it says. It's a part of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 11. It mentions nine gifts. Nine gifts. And in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, guess what the very first one talks about? It says, wisdom of the word. That's the very first one. Wisdom of the word. In fact, in that, I'm going to read to you Proverbs 16, 16. You can have wisdom of the word through the Holy Spirit. You may say, I'm not a wise man or a wise person, a wise woman. You can have the wisdom of God in you every day. All you have to do is choose it. Go into the Lord, go through the Holy Spirit, go through prayer, go through supplication, go through the word of God. It can be given to you. We have to choose it. That's what it says in Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Because you see, the, yes, we know gold was brought to Christ, but that was because it was showing for royalty. But the riches of this world are nothing compared to the riches of the Lord God. And the wisdom that he can give us, because all the riches of this world, they're going to go away. Do we not remember what it says? It talks about in Revelation and other places that all the riches are going to be melted. All those things, we're not going to be able to take them with us. It always amazes me, and I don't mean this as a ha-ha-ha, but when people pass away, there's different people sometimes who want their riches put to their, to their coffin because they want to take it with them. I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I watched a lot of different uh, biographies and other things. And I've seen how some rich people, different people in the uh, pyramids and all, one of their treasures put all around them and with them. But folks, to, to quote a, a movie I like, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you, can you? You can't take it with you when you're gone. It's staying here. You're gone. But the riches you can take with you are the riches from God. And one of the greatest riches of all time besides the salvation is the wisdom of God. And he's trying to give it to us. We can take it with us. It's the gift of wisdom. Great gift of wisdom. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. This is a different kind of knowledge. Because we're not talking about knowledge of the things of this world, the things we learn in the colleges of, of here. But we're talking about understanding and knowing his word and understanding his word. 
And so there's the gift of wisdom versus knowledge of this world. So yes, there's knowledge, but from whose viewpoint? I told you before, in school, I had people mock me, make fun of me all the time. I can't blame them. But a lot of times they mock me, make fun of me. They're making fun of me for believing in God. They make fun of me for believing in Jesus. They make fun of me for not agreeing with them about evolution. They make fun of me for not agreeing with them about it being okay to, to take drugs and, and having sex out of wedlock and drinking the, my life away or like they did. All these other things, but well, the proof is in the pudding. And uh, I, I saw what they do with their life. The thing is, there's lots of knowledge I see on TV. There's lots of viewpoints I see, all sorts of other viewpoints. And we've seen it in the schools. We see what they're trying to teach in schools. All these viewpoints they're trying to teach. Other false gods and things, the things they're trying to teach about lifestyles and that a man's not a man, a woman's not a woman. Stupid. Say straight out, stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> if you're saying a man could be a woman, a woman could be a man, I'm sorry, you're dumb. I mean, that's dumb. God made a man to be a man, a woman to be a woman. And people try to convince themselves from what kind of imagination is that? I mean, come on. And they try to teach us things on TV and all over the world. They try to convince themselves of weird imagination. If that's knowledge, I'd rather be dumb in their book. And knowledge won't have wisdom in God's. That's what I'd rather have. Because God's the one who created the things, not you. Yeah, but I have a diploma. Well, keep your diploma. I'd rather have a diploma through salvation, through Christ and his blood, and written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can keep it. You can keep it. And so we have wisdom versus knowledge. Creation versus evolution. God's view versus man's view. God's plan versus Satan's plan. Satan's plan, which equals death, sin versus salvation, eternal death versus eternal bliss in life. I'll choose God every time, every time. They're saying they know more than God, or at least they're throwing doubt in God's word in people's minds who even believe in God's word sometimes, and yet, they're trying to throw in doubt because that's what they try to do, especially for those who have self-doubt, low self-esteem and insecurity. And I know because I had that through most of my life. And so they try to throw in that little bitty grain. And we know because Satan tried to do that to Adam and even he did. He said, oh, but God didn't say this and God didn't say that. And so they try to go to these young people, especially the young people who don't quite know and don't quite have their foot do the grounding of God's word. And even to some who do. And yet they try to bring in this, that little bit of doubt to make you question, to make you question what you think is wisdom and maybe a little bit of knowledge. And they say, oh, but maybe that's not what it means. Oh, but you're believing that guy. Oh, but maybe he's wrong. He's not God. No, but we know God because he lives in our heart. Amen. It's OK. It's OK. You can doubt yourself, but don't doubt the one who created us. Don't doubt the one who saved you, because who are you going to put your faith in? You're going to put your faith in the one who has all the wisdom of the whole wide universe. Are you going to put your wisdom and your faith in the one who has no knowledge, but he has knowledge in the way to make you doubt, and that is Satan. And he's doing it through those people who, who would rather put faith in themselves than God. I'm not putting my faith in those imbeciles. Yes, I said imbeciles because, folks, they're on their way to hell, and I don't want that for them. I love them. God loves them. 
and he wants them to be his children, but they've chosen not to be. I'm going to follow God, not them. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 16. This is so, this is so truthful. Of course, all of it is, but listen now. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, this is so very, very true. Listen now. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. Therefore, consider carefully how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Taking advantage of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. When I think about children out there in school. Living in this quote unquote woke. That's stupid. Doesn't even make sense. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm woke. That's not how it's said, you dope you. You can wake up. <laughs> you can't be woke. What a dumb word. Woke. Woke to what? How to be sinful and live stupid. When you live to <laughs> answer what it's true. Live lifestyles that God say are wrong. You're not wise. Why is the what? The ways that Satan tells you to live? Living like Herod lived? Living what Satan tells you to? Oh, that's not wisdom. That's anything but. Therefore, consider how carefully how you live. Therefore, consider carefully how you live. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. Not as unwise, but as wise. Taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. And they are. We're to choose the wisdom of God. Wisdom of God versus the knowledge of the world. I'm going to choose the wisdom of God every time. It may seem stupid to the world because they don't know God. They think of him as a fantasy. They think of us as fantasy believers. They think of us as fantasy believers. And I can understand that. I really can. I can understand why they think that. You can't go to a blind man and wonder why he can't see what he's dressed like. I can understand why they don't understand that. They're the blind ones. They think you look foolish because they're blind. They can't see what you see. Christ is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. They're a walking blind dead man or woman, and they don't know it. I don't get angry at them. I get angry at Satan. Who's blind to them? And I pray for them. And I love them. Now, there are times that I want to grab a hold of Satan, but I don't have to. He's already lost. Amen. But we can continue to pray for the lost. We can continue to pray for them that God will lift up that blind spot so that they can see the wisdom of God. Ecclesiastes chapter. Verse 13. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 13. Then I saw that there is more benefit in wisdom than in foolishness. More benefit in light than in darkness. Beautiful. Wisdom of God versus knowledge of the world. And boy, the world thinks they're so smart. Oh, but Pastor, you have a smartphone. Yeah, I do. I have a smartphone. And on that smartphone, I can look up all sorts of scriptures of God. 
or I can see a lot of stupid people saying stupid things. I can choose to see smart things or dumb things on that smartphone. I have to block a lot of things because people try to send me disgusting things. I have to block a lot of things. I have it where those things can't be sent to me now. It took me a while to figure that out because I'm not smart enough to know how to curl it on my own. It took me a while. But listen about the knowledge of the world. Proverbs 18.2. Proverbs 18.2. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. You see, we can understand why the world doesn't understand, can't we? We were once there, weren't we? A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Proverbs 3 7. Proverbs 3 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. When the saved don't live like they're saved, but live like the world and live like they're doing of the, the going through the knowledge of the world, they need to be careful. They're slipping, they're slipping, they're slipping and backsliding all over the place. And I see it all the time. And I understand it. I told you I've messed up before. I've I've backslidden before, like I'm almost doing a moonwalk, like Michael Jackson used to do. I don't know if he's been doing it, but here's the thing. The truth is. I think just about every Christian one time or another has moonwalked, backslidden back in that way. We shouldn't do that. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. And remember, remember, this is Solomon. Solomon, who was trying to be wise in his own eyes, the wisest man of all time. But at one time, he chose to be worldly. And we see in this book, he's saying, I'm no longer going to live like that. I'm going back to the wisdom of God, no longer to the wisdom of me, no longer living with these filthy women I've chosen and no longer doing all these horrible things, but going back to the ways of God. Listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes 7.10. Do not say, why were the earlier days better than these days? For it is not from wisdom that you inquire this. He knows. There's several things he said in that book. We're going to go back into one later on, or not today, but another time. We'll look at one earlier, man. He was the one talking about the wisdom of God a moment ago. And then there's Proverbs 14.33. Proverbs 14.33. Knowledge of the world. Wisdom rests in the heart of him. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. I'll say it again. Proverbs 14.33. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. For those who are living with wisdom of God, it's fairly well known. You can see it. But those who are living like the fools of the world, it can be seen by the way we live. I've said it only God knows how many times, but by our actions, we are known. If you're living by the wisdom of God, it can be seen by the way we live. It can be seen by our actions. It can be seen by our words. It can be seen by the way that we live. It's like God can be shown through you. Light be seen through you. If we are living from the darkness of the world, you can see the shade coming into your soul. It can be seen. Let us not go from the knowledge and the knowledgeability of this world, let's not be of the knowledge of the world, the viewpoint of this world. Don't be listening to these people. Be a person of wisdom. 
Not your wisdom, but the wisdom of the Holy Spirit come from the wisdom of God. He wants to give you the gift of wisdom. God has given us the gift of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. You may think of the wise men. and You may think, oh, they're wise because they were educated through the stars and all these things. But they were actually more than that. They were given wisdom because they listened to the words of Daniel. Daniel had taught the people over there in the land of Persia and other things. They had listened to that, and God had blessed them, and they had followed all the way over. They had listened to those things. They had believed it. They had followed it, and God had led them. And don't forget, the Holy Spirit is God. So they had followed God and his word, and they had believed. And that is what we are to do with all of our heart and with all of our soul. And as we close here today, let us now read the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 17. And it says, I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of him. And I'll say it again. Ephesians 1, 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father will give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of Him. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, you will give us wisdom, not ours, not from the things we learn in our life, not from the things we learn in school. Not from the things that we have been told from other people, but from the things that we learn from you, from the things that you have given us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray that, Lord, as we go through our lives, for the problems that we have coming upon us, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us, protect us. That, Lord God, the Holy Spirit will speak through us so that your wisdom can be seen and felt. So that others can be led by you, Lord God, through us. So that you will be glorified. Lord, I pray if there be anyone here today who wants to reach out to you and receive more of this great gift, I pray today they will come forward to receive it. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that today we will reach out to you to grow in your word, to grow in your understanding. I pray for all of this in your name. I pray if there be anyone here who's ill, that they'll reach out to be healed. I pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.